So we got people called in. We got Matt called in through Zoom. Neil called in through an old school cell phone, and I've decided to take Neil's lead as well. It's it weird is. talking on the phone. It is. Don't hold it to you. You're not holding it to your head, are you? No, no. I've got AirPods in. <laughs> cool. I'd have a lot to say about that. <laughs> I've gone through it for years before the airport or, or any of these, uh, this type of technology came out. <laughs> Apple had their earnings, I would say two days ago. They, uh, they did pretty well. <laughs> I'm sure a lot of people, even though they had to close like retail stores, I'm sure a lot of people are still buying the equipment, even more so now. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, they're a winner in this case, in this environment. I don't know if it was one of, I don't think it's one of you guys, a friend shared with me that he had to buy a second pair of AirPods because they'd run out of battery. <laughs> He's been calls all day long. I'm about, I'm about to. Yeah. <laughs> they can't hold it. It's got to a point. I think it lasts, it lasts me about 45 minutes to an hour. Yep. Um, and then I have to recharge. It's pretty frustrating. Uh, so we're getting we're getting into the AirPods conversation. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we're like six, seven weeks into lockdown. We're all feeling like video overload. I'm curious to see this like this. We went from IRL in real life to video. I'm curious to see this move now from video to audio. Like if we were just to ideate together for a minute as to like what are the things that you think will start to show up in audio led or audio only uh, mediums like obviously podcasts audiobooks are gonna probably gonna see consumption of those things grow what else i would take yoga class or workout class audio. Yeah. I kind of do already. Guided meditation. Yeah. Uh, you know, workout classes are tough for me because I, I need to follow something or someone that I need the video. Um, but meditations are, I think they're actually a great medium. Yeah. Yeah, I've been doing my daily meditations in the head. Uh, just a few people like Jen, who you guys know, she's, she calls in, uh, but not everybody else comes through video, but that's interesting to encourage more audio call-in. Uh, yoga for it's sure. Actually, like, it's, it's really, really interesting that you say that because I was, Matt and I were discussing your meditations, Kunal, uh, and initially I joined a few of them, uh, and obviously I've, I have in a, in a few weeks now, um, and the major reason is because I like my meditation practice to be like alone as opposed to um, with others, but maybe it was also the video element, which I didn't, it just didn't resonate with me. I, I think it was, it was like that personal space versus space with others mentality and, and meditation fits into that personal. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. This audio standpoint could actually be good because um I'm going to try that next week. Yeah, and I've, I've I've actually posted recordings of the meditations on a on a basically a podcast. So you can open it on Spotify. You can open it on Anchor uh, on different audio apps. So that's like a hundred where you're getting the guided. But I will say the video part has added this community element, and Matt, you've been on probably the most amount of them. Uh, there's a community element and seeing others meditate together is a, it's a different energy. And it's not one or the other, mm-hmm. but I mean, I do both. I do my personal practice, but then I also treat this as my community practice. Uh, I was going to say on, on, on the yoga classes, when I did my teacher training last year, we were taught in the school that I took it in to, to not actually be doing the class with the students, but just using learning how to use your words, which is incredibly challenging to direct people with only your words versus having demos throughout the class. 
Um, so with the right teachers that have been trained on how to give instruction with only words, yoga can totally work as an audio only. It might even be better because you can really not be as distracted. Yeah. Uh, what else? Uh, dance parties, Matt? Honestly, yeah. I, I think uh, I think an audio dance party could be could be a vibe because, guys, I'm like I'm tweaking out thinking about like how many screens I stare at and like what's going on between my optical, to my eyes and my optic nerve and the sensory overload. I'm tempted to buy those, those goggles right now, like like the yellow the yellow uh, goggles for looking at screens. But then I just realized like. <laughs> I just realized I'm like about to kill myself that a uh, night shift hasn't been turned on for any of my devices for they like it fell off. So I'm turning night shift on for everything now and it's already, mm. it's already better. Like I can already feel better. Like, yeah. What was yeah. I doing? Like why? Like I'm, I'm being a little hard on myself, but like it already feels better. So just throwing that out there. You know, for the last couple of years, we've, you know, a lot of our mindfulness circles have been on this narrative and like a mission to reduce screen time. We know so many entrepreneurs who are starting businesses to help people reduce screen time. And it feels like that's all been thrown out the window. Yeah. <laughs> Locked out. No, no, one's re- no one's recognizing that. No one's, I even told yeah. my, I even told my men's group, it's a three hour, it's a three hour session. And. I was like, guys, I'm taking a self-care day. And they were like, oh, yeah, well, sounds like, like I started getting really triggered. And I'm like, I'm like about to throw every, anything that's not like, a, I want to say life or death, but like, I, I'm going to be really selective about what I zoom on. I, it's really like, I'm, I'm getting like visceral about this because I used to care so much. And now, for whatever reason, like you just said, it's been thrown away. Yeah. It's like a diet, like you're on a diet, you're working so hard for years, and then as a flip of a switch, you like you're binging not for a day, but for like now two months <laughs> without even realizing it. I mean, I I used to be the guy. I used to be the guy to tell people like turn on night shift, like look at my screen versus yours. And then when I would look at a normal screen, my eyes would freak out. I'd be like, <gasps> and now I'm like, what have I been doing? I just turned my other computer on night shift, like as warm as possible make sure my phone's on night shift. It's like, my phone is always on night shift and that's been a saving grace. Cool. Neil, what's coming up for you? Let's talk about this. I, I feel like I haven't consciously thought of any of this. It's, I, I, as I was saying earlier, I think naturally my screen time has gone lower. Uh, it, it really has been conscious. Um, I, I've been, I've been speaking, you, you know, the first few weeks when you just started connecting with loads more people and you're constantly on all of these apps, house party, FaceTime, um, Zoom, obviously. Um, and it was just kind of an, it was an overload. Um, and while, while I thought at the time, and I still do it, it was, it was, it was amazing to catch up with people I haven't spoken to in ages. Uh, do more of these calls on a on a week uh, week to week basis. Um, generally, for the last two weeks, I I think my time on on all of these platforms has has tapered down, and and I think it's unknowingly, um, but maybe subconsciously um, it was bothering me, and 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 uh, it's only now that I realize that at a conscious level. Yeah. So two weeks ago, and this this kind of as a bridge a bit to work culture um for my my team we we did two things but isn't the positioning of efficiency uh versus like wellness in terms of giving people just more space and time to do work versus being distracted or in meetings knowing that a lot of people especially those with families have a lot of other demands on their time that are new and lockdown we did two things. We said no internal meetings after 1 p.m. So that means after like afternoons, you're basically, if you're an individual contributor developing products, you're just, you have free time. Nobody's going to bother you with any meetings or interruptions. Uh, and that if you're in a client facing role, you can spend your time talking to clients. Um, so that's 
that's to cut down internal meetings. And the second thing is I just said to the team, let's cut our Slack usage in half. Uh, and within a week, we cut it by 40%. I haven't checked this past week, but I'm, it feels very quiet in Slack for <laughs> my business. Uh, so just by setting that intention, it's now like reduced a lot of screen time for my team. But it's also changing the work culture of one of like, we trust you, you know, do what you need to do. Um, don't want to see you working all the time. So let's be way more, way, way more efficient. Uh, but it's, it's brought up a lot of things around work culture. I'm curious to, to put on the table some other things you guys are seeing, predicting, uh, experimenting with in terms of work culture. I mean, uh, I'll just share. Neil and I have worked together for a long time now, and we're giving each other a lot of permission to feel how we're feeling. And in the last week, I've noticed aggression and anger start to bubble up more in me. And I used to like bottle it up, and now I I'm I have a, I have a place to like. Uh, I have a place to let it out and Neil called out like his, his intention, he, what he's, what he saw is like a way we can see that as an opportunity is just identifying when somebody is like having something like that, just reflecting and being with them about where they're at. Uh, and then that gives space to be like, okay, I need a break. I got to take a break or, or just like, why am I being so agitated? Well, maybe these workflows are inefficient and they could be more efficient. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, yeah. I, yeah, go ahead, Neil. Yeah, I think that's something in our culture where um, we've, we've now, I think the defensiveness that a lot of people have when communicating with each other is, uh, has gone out of the table for us because instead as Matt was saying, um, he had, you know, he's been, he's been triggered in certain aspects um, this week. And for me, old Neil would have been, uh, would have been triggered because he's being triggered. So it's more like I'm taking something personally, but in our culture, we've set the intention to, instead of be, be triggered, understand why the other person is being triggered and see how you could help and it might be because of you or it might be because of something else but with that mindset change i think it opens the door to communicate and um be semi-vulnerable i mean matt and i are very vulnerable with each other but i think generally from 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 in this context of the workplace i think you could open up uh areas where people can be slightly more vulnerable with each other which can help i mean just that like <laughs> the word vulnerable in the world the word work don't really exist the same sentence or paragraph or like you know hour of the day <laughs> or day of the week <laughs> even <laughs> i'm i'm curious for you guys to share a bit more on that like vulnerability in a work context because i think or i know that's that's a novel concept. Neil. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it is a novel concept. It's, it's, uh, it's something that we've been intentionally trying to, 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 to think about and, and, and employ in our week to weeks which have translated into our day-to-day. -day. So there's, uh, you know, Matt's actually been very, very good about, you know, uh, understanding some of these frameworks and then, um, you know, not necessarily saying, hey, guys, let's do this, but let's, let's test how we might be able to employ some of these tactics, uh, not even tactics, just, just things in, uh, in the workplace. And uh, what's coming up for me now is something that, he calls withholds um that that was novel to me because i'm i've always been a person just who kind of bottles things up and there are times when we start meetings um where we we, we say like hey you know there, there's something called uh, or there's something there's a withhold that 
I'm keeping in that I'd like to share. Um, and the point of that is to not, you know, take anything like you can be critical of something, someone or something in the best possible way, but it's for the other to not, to not, you know, be, not take it personally and really try and understand. And when you get, when you could speak to another or another individual in the level of these withholds, um, it just, it opens up a new dimension in uh, someone's relationships where, you know, you're, you're really, you're kind of starting at that foundational level again to get to know someone. Um, and that's been really helpful for me. I know I didn't get to go super in depth with an example, but I wanted to share the context. I like that. I mean, and the, the practical, the withhold, and you can extrapolate that to so many things, but it's, I guess there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of work that has to be done maybe before that in ourselves and in the environment to feel safe, <laughs> uh, to sort of be aware of like, here's what I'm feeling or thinking or holding, and then to feel safe and encouraged even to, to share it and then work through it together. Yeah, you're, you're completely right. And hey, Matt, what are your thoughts? Um, I love your, I mean, you, you've positioned this to, to me and, and, and to the rest of your team. Um, maybe you could share like why, uh, why this came up or uh, why it's been so important for us. Yeah, thank you. Uh, I mean, just as, as people, we are, I, I found in my own life, that I, I was a people pleaser. I was afraid of speaking my mind. I was afraid to say, to, I was afraid of confrontation. And uh, at, a, at a conceptual or intellectual level, or if we even put this in the work context, that is leaving potentially like really powerful learnings, insights, and things that can contribute to strategy and performance completely off table or on the table it's like leaving those things on the table uh whereas if if i'm feeling a certain way but because my e because of ego because of fear because of something politics i'm not going to be i'm not going to share that with someone it's actually a strategic disadvantage that is permeating that's permeated many aspects of our culture and is readily apparent within the workplace so I experience withholds um, in very, very safe containers, namely in, at men's retreats and in my men's circles. And it wasn't, um, and, and it took a long time to get comfortable with really saying like, this is, these are my judgments about you, or these are the feelings that I have about the situation. And these are the data points and uncoupling those three, those three things, because it's easy to just like toss your projections onto someone. So in the work environment, uh, the way to create safety is actually through vulnerability by being vulnerable oneself. And it's also through education. And so uh, like when we bring these things out into the world or when we expose these to new teams, we like to explain them firsthand and then we like to model them. And when, when, we see, when I see them being done, I like to then reflect, reflect back to the person that like, I'm not gonna run away. And it helps to reframe and actually celebrate and honor these things as like really good things. And it ultimately boils down to freedom. If I feel like I can't say a certain thing to someone because of how they're gonna react or because of my own fears, then I'm, I've, I've given away my freedom. And so a lot of us on this planet, myself included, feel suppressed and stifled in how we communicate. And so withholds are one of the things that gets directly to the heart of that by saying, look, this is going to get messy. This is going to hurt, but it's better out than in. And it's going to actually become a portal for which we can connect more deeply with one another. What, what, I, what I hear as you reflect is, is, is empathy. Exactly. And it's it's something I've been like reflecting on a bunch this week for myself and my own leadership style and frankly realizing it that I've been 
either struggling with it or unconscious of it, meaning like I haven't shown up with as much empathy as a leader as I, I guess, expect or would hope um, of myself. And that's caused me to reflect and inquire on some, some deeper like identity questions. Um, I, like I identify strongly as a leader, but then there's parts of my leadership style that I haven't been particularly like proud of. I and in a moment of crisis, right? In a moment of crisis, then like that stuff becomes apparent in terms of, uh, I think something I'm really proud of that I've done and it's, it's like, I'm just noticing my behaviors and the way that I'm taking actions and in some cases prioritizing the activities or the tactical things that need to get done um, over how people feel about the stuff that has to get done. <laughs> and then making decisions and taking it on myself and just getting it done because it needs to get done versus kind of what I expect for myself as a leader to like bring the organization or bring people along for the ride. And there was myself uh, losing patience, getting agitated, and then just getting stuff done. And then now sitting and like, oh, like that's not how I want to be as a leader. <laughs> I, 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 I mean, I, I think it's because there's, do you, I mean, do you think this is because there's just like so many external pressures? I've actually been reflecting on this a lot. Um, we were talking to someone the other day and um, we, it, it, was, it was a conversation around, you know, goal setting and, uh, you know, personal goal setting versus goal setting at, at work and, uh, the whole concept of OKRs came into the, came into the conversation, um, and he was just like, "I can't stand OKRs um, because it's just it's so KPI or goal centric that you know th people might just I, I wouldn't say lose sight, but there there's so many external external and internal pressures that are created which may not be necessary for an individual to perform in you know the best way possible for the company and for themselves mm -hmm. uh, so so what I've been kind of gravitating uh, with is how can we or how might we operate on a level where you know, if uh, on a level where it's like emotion led or feeling led to get the best out of someone. And if, you know, there's a day where there may be a deadline uh, and it's just, it's not working. Like it's, it's, it's just, there's so much pressure and um, you, 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 you can potentially hit it, but mentally you're not there. Is it okay to, to, to switch that and say, hey, you know, we're gonna, we wanna work for you or we wanna do our best potential work. So, It'll take however, however long it takes, and uh, you know we'll get to a point where you know we're going to be happy doing what we're doing, and uh, in in return, obviously we're we're performing the best way. I, I I don't know if you get what I'm saying, but like, what if we were to just switch the culture of work? Yeah, I think you're talking about making like trade-offs. And like opening yeah. up and, 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 and suggesting that we should be open to making some trade-offs. Uh, and I, I agree with your friend's comment on OKRs and that it's very, um, it's very superficial. It's very constructed. <laughs> it's hard to connect with it. Uh, it's hard to connect with these sort of like, this is, if I do these things, then I'm successful, but I'm the one who defined those things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It can be a lot of, a source of a lot of stress and pressure that to your point un, may not be warranted. So I'm just trying to figure out if there's a middle ground or some sort of way to balance how we operate. Yeah. Matt, what's coming up for you? Yeah, I mean Neil, we uh 
I mean, I feel like there's two things that come up for me. The first is that uh, this week for the first time, we did one of these conscious launch team launches where instead of starting out with OKRs, we actually got really real about like, what does each of us want? And what do we, what's here for us? Let's just observe what's here. And we were then able to translate that into a compelling purpose statement. And the compelling aspect of that is the fact that it all comes from our hearts and that it's all what we want. And there's a little bit of strategy to it, but it's not like OKRs, which are highly manufactured and then create this weight that you need to achieve against, but you may not even really feel fully in line with. So that was the first thing that came up. Second thing that comes up for me is something that Neil and I have experienced over the last uh, three weeks or so, which is if we're feeling a certain way, especially like fear or anxiousness, we've been sharing that with one another to the point where uh, about three weeks ago when this happened, I started crying on the, on the phone with him. Um, we kept going back and forth about something. I started getting defensive. I started, I, I felt like I was being uh, also aggressive. And I was like, why is this happening? And so I just started, I recognized, oh, this is fear. There's fear here around not wanting to mess up. And so I, I started to cry. And then that, I, that obviously like took me up, put Neil on, I don't know, I don't want to say like put him on his heels or took him aback, but it shifted the conversation from who's right to, okay, what's, what's going on here? What's here for you? And when we unpacked it, we actually were able to like identify where we had gone off the rails from our core intention and our compelling purpose. And then fast forward a week later, Neil did the same thing. He didn't cry on the phone with me, but he shared what he was anx feeling anxious about. And then this past weekend he called and we worked through some stuff. And every time we do this, the path gets clearer and clearer. And so our vulnerability has become a strategic advantage that not only lets us identify where we need to go in terms of vision and strategy, but even executionally, we feel lighter, we feel more aligned, we feel less pressure, we feel less paralysis. And so our performance, I would say, is actually, uh, is actually like, is, 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 is just like leveling up faster than any of us could have thought to attribute it uh, when it comes to emotional vulnerability. Hmm. You know, what do you, does that resonate? What, what is that? What does that spark for you? A hundred percent. I mean, I, 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 I want to maybe put it on the record that we're, you know, we're, we're startup people. We're, uh, you know, we're, we're in like creation mode right now. We, I mean, I speak for myself. I, I don't have experience leading, you know, a big team or, uh, working at a corporation. So all of this is in context of what I know and how I operate and, uh, you know, how Matt and I do things. Um, but yeah, it, it, it obviously resonates with me because I feel like I've, I've been able to level up week on week, uh, through this, this, this area of vulnerability that we've been talking about that um, I haven't been able to do, to do in the last seven or eight years. And I don't know if that's a function of just where I am in my personal life as well, that, that, that allows me to become this way in my professional or, or work life. But I think, you know, kind of having that area to, to open up and, and function this way is, has been very, very helpful for my performance, um, you know, at work and my mindset generally from work and life. Hmm. You know, in this time where we're doing work within our homes <laughs> and our, from a physical standpoint, you know, our personal lives are coming into our work lives because we're sharing the spaces and the backgrounds on our Zoom calls and the noises of the other people in our spaces, et cetera. But something that I don't think we've like talked about has been acknowledged is like the, the sharing mentally and emotionally of our personal lives with our professional lives. 
and that has nothing to do with lockdown. That's always been the case. <laughs> I don't just like take the subway yeah. to the office and then now it's like, okay, I turn on my professional mind and my professional emotions. <laughs> and then it's, you know, I might change my clothes when I come home from the office, but it doesn't mean that my mind and, and heart have changed. <laughs> mm-hmm. So now we're like, it's, it's fully vulnerable. So I'm curious what we've experienced or observed, you know, set aside the physical, but getting into the mental and emotional blending and the states kind of coming together. They've always been together. They've always been one actually, but maybe we're more aware of it now. What do you guys think? What do you guys feel? So what do you mean? Good question. Yeah, what do you mean by the states coming together? It's this idea that like how I how I feel because of stuff, you know, building on what Neil shared, how how I feel because of what's happening to me in my personal life, with myself, with my relations, with my practices, whatever, is gonna it's, it's impacting how I show up in a work context and vice versa. Something is stressful for me professionally, then I'm gonna show up as a stress ball <laughs> in my personal life and practice. Mm-hmm. We've blended our physical spaces, but the mental emotional space has always been blended. Have you guys noticed that? I, 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 felt, I, 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 I mean, yeah, I, I felt it to a degree, but I, I feel, I feel like, or oh, what's coming up for me is that it's okay, or it may not be okay, but it's okay for me to bring work home to a degree. Why is it why isn't it okay to to bring personal to work? Is that kind of mm-hmm. That's interesting? Yeah, okay. <laughs> oh, it's culture, right? It's like oh, you yeah, you know, a tough day in the office, or you got a big project, or you, you know, you're fundraising for your company, or oh, like there's something happening, your manager this or your client that, you know. Don't worry about doing the dishes tonight, or don't worry about your exercise routine, or sure you can like watch TV all day, <laughs> um, right? Excuse. Um, but where did where did the reverse happen? That's what you're saying. Of, like <laughs> I like I did not sleep well last night. I mean, I actually did, but like I've had many nights I did not sleep well, or like my stomach is hurting, or like oh my 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 body's actually in like discomfort it may not be pain but it's like discomfort um or i got into uh i could tell like the energy or the mood in my house with the people i'm sharing my space with you know hasn't been that positive for the last few days and that's that's affecting me skewed skewed value system that is derived by by valuing humans based on their level of uh of productivity and I mean someone else said it's us earlier this week is like it stemmed after like you know post World War II. I mean the if I were to take a historical the 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 thing that I when I, even when I start to say that though there's a historical perspective that is easy to lose, which is like we've come a long way from like children basically like diving into coal mines without any protective equipment. You know, we've come a long way in terms of like workplace, uh, workplace wellness. Um, like from a physical standpoint. Physical and mentally too. Like we're now seeing companies rolling out initiatives around wellness and yeah. are speaking towards mental health and wellness. I mean, you remember we had a whole conversation on Neil's roof about uh, about the culture at Uber, which can we could easily yeah. write off as like a vicious. Uh, work hard, play hard, show no weakness culture to a culture that actually celebrates therapy 
and celebrates getting access to the, the mental health resources that you need. So it's so easy to like, it's so easy for me to start vilifying and bashing uh, the culture. And then uh, it's easy to forget like, well, what is, where have we grown so much? Because that actually helps me remember like that we can continue to grow. Yeah, definitely. easy to lose stuff. as we think of yeah as, as we think of this this idea that it's really inspired me of year zero which is the chance to to either make different choices or 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 confirm and accelerate the choices that we've already been making but the, the legacy has slowed our evolution around i I'm, I'm so inspired by the space that's in front of us right now to to make uh, different choices. So what are the choices you know, it's, it's really, that you want? It, it's really interesting that you, you, you bring that up because uh, the way I've been looking at my life in the last, I guess, a year, year and a half is around like this operating system. Like we, we all have operating systems and um, we should constantly like we should think of our body as software where you every few months or every six months you should be just like an iphone right they you have new os's that come out every year uh or every few months even uh you should be thinking about your 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 life and your body as a way to keep you know upgrading the software uh, where a lot of people don't necessarily do that and they don't look at their, their body and their mind, their lives like that. Uh, and this year zero concept is, is super cool because because of, you know, everything that's going on, I think a lot of us or really every one of us has the opportunity to reset and, and, and reset their foundation and put the systems in place to, you know, get where they want to go, given the circumstances that uh, are happening currently. Uh, so I think it's, it's, it's a huge blessing that we get to, to, to have this reset, which, you know, obviously everything that's happening is horrible, um, but it, it really, you know, it, it's going to allow people to, to 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 get to new to new areas in their lives that they probably haven't thought of before. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm excited to see your enthusiasm for it. What 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 in your life? If we can get into it, are the themes that you're already thinking about or want to be thinking about that you haven't yet? In terms of the upgrade or the um, reset or the investment, I, I think I mean, this this conversation has uh, has 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 nuggets from a lot of the things that I've been thinking about in terms of of work life balance, happiness, uh, what really gets me going. It's like we're trying to redefine uh, my, or at least I'm trying to redefine my relationship with work. Um, because I don't want work to feel like work. Um, so I, I've been kind of, I've been asking myself how I can do that, what's going to make me happy, uh, what can I wake up every day feeling like it's, feeling like, you know, it's play, not, you know, like it's an issue to kind of get up and, and do. Um, so that's like a huge area of, of uh like this reset that i'm going through right now hmm. i resonate a lot with that i resonate a lot with that i i thought a lot about that over the years but in particular now with you know more space and less distraction i'm i'm being forced to think about that a lot um, and then in what you're sharing that i've been reflecting on is this quality of effortlessness yeah. And that being at odds with like work and how to bring an effortlessness quality to the professional responsibilities and ambitions that I'm pursuing. 
and uh, like when I started my business a, a long time ago now, there was a lot, I'd say there was a lot more like passion. There wasn't much profession because I didn't know too much. And then there was like a whole lot more profession and not, not as much passion. It's easy. It's become easy to, 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 to lose sight of that or lose a connection with that. And for me over, over the last yep. decade. Matt, how about you? The uh, the thing that um, that that I've been applying or that I, I want to apply more in my life is around trust and knowing that whatever it is that we're working on, as long as I am aligned with my greatest intentions and my unifying life project, that uh, I'll trust that the, the decisions that I'm making, the people who I'm working with, the people who I choose not to work with, and the 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 things that feel scary or that feel stressful, um, the direction that I'm moving in is is teaching me something, and that I get to like that no matter what. I trust that it's all in, it's all in this, like, it's all flowing like, like nature. Cause I mean, just to, just to bring this to Neil, like there were points in our relationship where we were both scratching our heads being like, why are we doing this? What's going on here? Like this sucks. Who are, who, how do we find ourselves in this situation? And when I, ref when I reflect on, when I reflect on those uh, instances, I also see how much they taught me. And it's also easy to fall in the trap of like, oh yeah, this is going to teach me something. And then 10 years later, you find yourself like at the bottom of a ditch being like, at least I learned something. So I'm not, I'm not saying that I'm saying that. Uh, but I guess when I find myself at the bottom of ditches, because I fell out of alignment at some point. So I, when I reflect back on like where this journey has taken us, there is this huge level of, of trust and growth and, and constantly learning. And the, the way that I think Neil and I have applied this in our own lives is instead of looking at everything as like, oh, this is my idea or my decision and I need to do it. It's like, these are questions that we're asking and we're gonna run experiments to test the feedback that comes back from the, from the market, from the people, from the universe. And by taking that experimental mindset, it takes a lot of the pressure off and it allows us to continue to deepen into this trust, uh, at large. Hmm. I'm, I'm curious around alignment and, and the theme of balance, uh, but I just realized we're at time. Are you guys okay to continue for a bit or do you need to, Jump. Let's find another way. I have ten. I have a few more minutes. Yeah. Uh, okay. So on uh, on alignment, I think of balance now, which we've like danced around. But let's let's face it. <laughs> what is like? How do we each think about balance? And uh, like approach it. When we think of balance, like what comes up? I know I haven't felt balanced in the last during lockdown actually this whole lockdown I have not felt, felt balanced um, in the last few weeks in particular I've been I've been working a lot it's not just like physically it is mentally and um, subconsciously like I waking up in the morning and thinking about stuff that I didn't expect myself to be thinking about uh, sitting down for meals with my parents it's I guess I, I look at balance I'm measuring balance based on the state of my mind in those moments that are that are open, that are unstructured, that are unplanned, and to see what, what what comes up naturally, and then that's like the tip of the iceberg. That's just the, it's just representative or symbolic of of where I am at. What's everything I'm consuming? What's everything I'm doing? May I? So yeah, that's that's balance. Yeah. 
uh, I think therein the question that you asked actually uh, exposes uh, exposes some interesting points around balance. You said, "How do we? How do I think about balance? You know, when I think about this or when I'm doing that." And then you said, "I haven't felt. I noticed that I haven't felt balanced." And I think that, <laughs> and I think that that is literally that's literally like there in the question is is the answer for me which is that it's a it's, it's a feeling it's a feeling and and the reason we're unbalanced is because we're overthinking we live our whole life measuring and thinking about our minds and 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 or just thinking not even about our mind just thinking about stuff and there's there's a there's a there's a huge skew away from that so when i'm like cooking dinner and that's usually a time where i can start to open up if, I'm, if my mind is racing about something, I don't feel balanced because, I, because I'm literally thinking and, and it's almost like the word balanced follows feel like feeling balanced. You can't think balance. <laughs> well done. <laughs> I love how, I love, I love how you know how to like play and dance with words, Matt. <laughs> and Neil, I told Stockton, you, and you, have, you have <laughs> Could you imagine Matt as like an English teacher to like high school students or grade school students? <laughs> or, or maybe 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 drama. Maybe a tenure for me. We don't. We never know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, it's phenomenal. <laughs> so Neil, how do you how do you feel in balance? You know, you know, I I think it it comes from just having. I I, I was initially going to answer this by by talking about you know having some base level of mental, physical, emotional, nutritional, financial, you know, mm-hmm. element of social as well uh, in your life. But as Matt was speaking, that kind of changed for me. Um, because ultimately, it's, it's just, it's really about having that base of awareness. Mm-hmm. If you can have awareness, you know, things can come together. So an example for me is I've, I've now developed an awareness to listen to my body and my mind. Um, that's, that's, that's come about in the last maybe a year and a half, two years. And when, and that's a combination of, as Matt was saying, maybe like is there's your mind can be racing or there's a, a physical symptom my body might be having. So it's really about being aware and listening to to both. And I've been able to do that, which is which has helped me make certain decisions. Um and an easy one to, to kind of call out is you know, Matt and I have been working pretty hard pretty hard, like grinding things uh, grinding out things over the last uh maybe month and a half or so, six to eight weeks. Um and it's been fun, it's been amazing. Um, but it's got to a point where, yeah, I just, I need a day. You know, I, I, I feel like that's what my mind and that's what my body is telling me. I need some time to relax. Um, and we spoke about it and, and we're just going to take a day out, hopefully a week a week later. But these are little cues, I think, that if someone is aware about, uh, you just do. And by doing, it could be, a lot happier, you know, following these cues. Hmm. How do each of you relax? Well, just to piggyback on what Neil said, he said, you know, I'm just, and just a word, wordplay that too, is he said, eventually when you realize what you, <laughs> when you realize where you're at, you just do. And, uh, that, I mean, that, that opens up into just being. And so the way I relax is unlike the working day where, or rather when I'm like sit grinding on something, 
or I'm really trying to do something and really working on it and be trying to become something or turn it into something. It's really just being wherever I am with myself. So if I'm walking, it's going on a walk with myself and just being in that walk. If it's, if I'm signing off for the day, I mean, I, I started a new practice where it's, I, uh, I just lie on the floor and it's a yoga nidra practice where I'm just being with my body. So different areas of just being, or, or it's cooking when I'm cooking and I'm not looking at my phone or listening to music, I can just be with that. Uh, that has been my, my way of relaxing. And, and the way I know it is I actually feel my hands and my fingers. And if they're feeling, if they're feeling sweaty or clammy, that's a sign to me that physiologically I'm likely in a somewhat sympathetic, like the sympathetic nervous system is dominant and it's likely what's driving and it's a beta brainwave state. But when I actually go into these relaxed states or I take a few deep breaths or I close my eyes or I'm just really conscious with myself or I'm reading is another good one. My hands feel really soft. And that's a sign for me because, you know, that's called the galvanic skin response. And that's a way of testing someone's like physiological state. That's my own quick stress, literal stress test of how stressed am I or how relaxed am I? And is my parasympathetic system uh, dominant? So that, those are some of my ways of, uh, that's my way of, of relaxing that I've been leaning into as of late. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it was very well said. <laughs> um, it, it comes down to, to listening to my body. I mean, I, I, I like to, to meditate every day. I like to, you know, just turn off. Um, but, you know, a, a couple of years ago, I, I, I started becoming, like, pretty anxious. Um, and uh, at the time, I didn't really understand what it was but i think everyone has a degree of anxiety there's good anxiety there's bad anxiety um i've i've really leaned into my anxiety on kind of the negative side and i've i've now been able to understand the things that i need to do to get rid of a certain symptom uh and it could be as easy as something being in my mind and needing to talk it out uh, with my wife or, or Matt or, you know, close friends, or, you know, my body feels a certain way. I need to, I need to exercise or I need to meditate. Um, so with some of the tools that I have, I'm able to now match them pretty well, uh, to the activities that can potentially make me feel better. And a lot of, a lot of that is just being, been around my mind and I'm not keeping uh keeping things in which actually has helped tremendously uh I can't believe I used to just like keep shit in at all times and not speak my mind and now it's like wow this there's you know I might be ruminating on something for a few hours or an evening and if it's bothering me I feel it and I have to take action and that action usually helps me so um yeah i think there there to answer your question uh it's it's a whole lot of things and i use my body to to dictate where i where i go hmm. yeah i've been thinking the last couple of days that i actually don't know um i'm curious to rediscover how to relax <laughs> that's kind of why i asked the question I'm very good at being productive. I'm very good at filling my time, even with lots of mindfulness-based practices and activities. But I definitely like bring this focused attention and intention, which sometimes will translate into intensity, even to yeah. a meditation or a, a class or a self-practice. And I've started being aware of that in the last little while. And, becoming curious to, to make space to rediscover how I relax and I've been having a hard time but that just means creating more space and tuning in for myself and listening more to myself to see what 
what comes up. Yeah, I, I, I really dig what you said around like intention can easily turn out to like living in a state of tension and being in tension. <laughs> so, yeah. so. <laughs> it took me, it took me a second to process it. Yeah. It took me, it took me, took me 30 years to process. So hopefully, you know. <laughs> intention can lead to a state of in space tension literally <laughs> As, and so uh, a question that might help along along each of our journeys is am i doing this to 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 become something else or to change how i'm feeling like I, i'll speak for myself i'll sometimes breathe a certain way because i want to feel different or I'll breathe this or I'll take a bath or a shower because I want to feel different or I want to eat. I mean, the obvious one is I'll eat unconsciously because I don't want to feel what I'm feeling. And so the intention that we can bring to that question of like, how do I relax is, are you doing something, even if it's a meditation to become something else or can you drop the coming aspect and just be? And just, and when you, when I ask myself that question, it snaps me right into the present of like, let me just be where I'm at right now. Let me just be here. I like it. I, I, I struggle with the word just because it implies it's easy or simple. Oh, I struggle with the word just because it, uh, it's almost like a, it's a, it's a hedge. It's like, Oh, just, yeah. just be, it's like, yeah. Or it feels like less than, yeah, or I'm just I'm just doing this. I'm just taking a you know I'm just uh, taking a break. It's like I'm taking a break, and so I'll drop the word just here and I'll say, ask the question and say like, can I can I am I am I doing this to become or can I be? Can I be? Yeah. Can I be? In my, yeah. In my meditations, you know, I'm doing a lot of meditations these days. I I notice I used to use the word and I probably still do from time to time. Just like just just relax your shoulders. Or just bring your breath, your oh, attention God. to your breath. <laughs> and that's become like, yeah, I guess, <laughs> a triggering for me. Uh-huh. Yeah, so while we're playing with words, I'll <laughs> throw that into the mix. <laughs> uh, I'm going to sit on the intention could lead to being in tension. And in tension is. Different than being relaxed. Yeah. I'm loving this. The conversation started with intention and it's led to being in tension. Finally. I love it. Finally, I have a form to express that. I've been waiting for the right place to drop that one. Uh, you can you can drop your word plays here anytime. Thank you. I think I'm still processing distancing. I mean, hey, it, it worked with it worked with Eva, so yeah. <laughs> um, all right, so let's let's bring this conversation to a close. Uh, and let's let's all each take a minute to reflect for ourselves personally uh, an intention for ourselves. And maybe in a, in a word or a sentence or two, um, I'll share that with each other. I'll start. It's, it's what I touched on. It's for me to to have intention and, and not be intention about it. <laughs> I take it. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think for me it's to just to just be. I've I've spent a lot of my life, you know, trying to make things happen and control situations. And 
um, I'm really loving to just be. Oh man. Oh, the word that's coming to me right now is moment. is is another that's another it's another way of uh it's another slice of, of being is like all we have is this moment so i'm i really really don't want to but i'm going to um <laughs> when you when i hear the word moment it's like more it's more meaningful there's more meant to it so <laughs> I'll stop, I'll stop there. I'll stop there, guys. I'm done. I'm done. Uh, uh, that's a beautiful, playful, lightweight for us to end the recorded part. Um, thank you both. Thank you so much. Thank you. For all the laughs. Thank you for having us. <laughs>